someone were to ask you and I wasn't in the room, how much does Jessica like doing this podcast with you? What would your answer be? Uh, I would say that it's the highlight of her week. (laughs) (laughs) Do you, would you talk about it? Like, oh, that poor Jessica, she's obsessed with doing this podcast. Like make fun of me. And like, is is this an ego boost to you? No, 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 (laughs) no, it's okay. I'm used to being that person where like, I just am a little too over eager. No, I would say I would say she she loves it just as much as I do. Um, we have fun. We get in the uh, we get in the, the the Zoom room together. We just jam. <laughs> do you think that there's a world one day where we have our own studio and like we get to do this like IRL? Does that sound fun? Totally. I want one of those hanging mics that I can like grab with my hand and as I spin in my rotating chair i can pull it with me you know what i'm talking about oh my god yes and then by that point we will be a video podcast so that you can show what i get to see right now while you're demonstrating that for me with space work is your rippling mm-hmm. muscles look at that oh, oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know that they're rippling <laughs> well you're they're... definitely trying to show off something like here i go <laughs> <laughs> uh, i have had two this this episode's going to be very Jessica vulnerable, and and only because I'm actually in a fine place to talk about it. But I've had two dreams about people about my body and people seeing it for the first time in a year, and like going, "Oh my god!" or like not winning a pageant because I was too heavy or something. Like I've had, I'm having anxiety over like being a human in front of people, and the the way it's manifesting is like. Uh, like a body dysmorphia thing. It's very, it's very weird. You're having post-pandemic stress <sighs> disorder? Yeah. Is that a thing? Did you just I, coin I'm, that? It is. I mean, I don't think I coined it, but certainly it must be a thing, right? Post-pandemic stress, stress disorder. PPSD. So, yeah, because I might have mentioned this before. I have mentioned that I'm on antidepressants and an anti-anxiety pill. And... That usually caps it pretty well. I knew I needed to be on it when I had stopped taking it elective, electively. I didn't like even consult my psychiatrist about it. I said, like, you know what? I'm good. Let me see if I need to take these pills anymore. And then my anxiety peaked like a month in and I went, oh, great. I need to be on these. So it's my anxiety pill is working and then I'm having this anxiety. So something it's like and then some for a second i was like wait is it not working and then i just realized that's how high the anxiety is that it's pushing past the receptor that normally is working <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you need to up your dosage i literally have an appointment this week to just we're going to talk about it gratefully i'm on a low dosage i don't like not gratefully because it doesn't matter as long as it's you talked a little bit about this you don't want to be on something that you have to be on for the rest of your life but if it is something that can make you better I'm not, I'm no longer self-conscious or have a stigma against it. At first I was like, I don't want to be on a pill, but I'm I'm grateful I am and that it can help me actually operate at a normal rate. Mm-hmm. Well, it, you know, I mean, it depends, I mean, it always depends on the individual and I am no psychiatrist. I have no MD, although I do play one on TV. You sure do. Um, sure do. Um <laughs> 
But I think for things like depression and anxiety, you're when you're taking the pills, unless you have a particular chemical imbalance, usually like a like bipolar, where you need to be on pills, you know, for the rest of your life. Um, usually the pills are there to be a stopgap for you to learn, for you to like change, you know, either learn new skills, change behaviors, create new pathways. So that eventually in time that, yeah, you know, you're not continuing to take it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause not taking it has not been on the table with regards to, no one ever said you're on this for the rest of your life to me, which mm-hmm. is like, so that's, that deserves to be said. But between the therapist and the psychiatrist, no one's ever said, let's think about taking less. Um, you just may not be there yet. I might not be there. It's possible. I, I will say, though, yes to the changing of the guard with regards to how I cope. So, like, my coping is, like, awesome for the most part. So I, what what's really struck me as strange with this anxiety is I, I did pretty good during the pandemic. Like, and this is not, like, bragging. I just know that, like, when people came to me and were like, this is so hard, like, I could sympathize. I could go, I get it. But I couldn't empathize. Like, I, I, I was scared about some stuff. But as far as, like, depression, deep, dark hole that really didn't happen, which normally it might have. Here's one way of looking at anxiety, right? And I'm sure there's many ways of looking at it. But one way of looking at it is that it is an alarm system inside of your body that says, hey, pay attention, something's off, okay? Something's off or, or pay attention, something needs your focus, something needs your awareness, something needs your attention. Um, and I think a lot of times we get anxious and we just live in the anxiety. And what happens when we get anxious, it, it propagates a lot of negative thinking, it feels physically uncomfortable, and usually what we want is to just not feel that way anymore, right? So that's why it can then lead to behaviors of avoidance, behaviors of ah. depression, um, and things of that nature. But really what can be helpful is going into the anxiety and really trying to figure out what is, what is this pointing to? You know, what is the root thought that's causing this? What's the what's the situation that's bringing this up for me right now? And is it something that, that I need to be worried about? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. That for me, it's like a spin out process that also the negative talk dwindles into something. It probably isn't the root cause, but then I've like, I think the root cause is just going out and talking to people and worrying about being accepted again and then finding a, a reason why that will be hard. Right. Um, I, I don't want to talk too much about this because sometimes when I hear other people talk about anxiety, it gives me anxiety. So sometimes it's either helpful to, uh, hear someone else going through it, uh, or, uh, it's completely unhelpful. I saw a song on TikTok and it was like this guy who was like kind of trying to create a chant, like boom, 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 and it it was like, it's okay to be not okay or something. <laughs> it was a song and I was like, fuck this it was like 
I get it. I get his 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 intention was beautiful. He was listing off like the things that people try to make you feel like like you need whatever. And I and I say it. It's okay to not be okay. It was the worst thing I could have ever watched. It's okay to be not to be not okay, but it's not okay to make a, a body slapping rap about it. That's where it's not okay. Right? That's the line for me, at least. And we are all <laughs> learning where that line is. Nick, you've you've been looking really good lately. You've been looking oh. clean shaven ish. Thank you. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Showered ish. Ish. Yeah. Are you feeling better, or or like what's going on? It's just like things you're just like more in tune with your body. I definitely have become, I, you know, become more in tune with my body because I was so disconnected from my body during the past, I guess, past year. At first I was fine last summer during the pandemic, but then, you know, like I could, I could manage or maintain without being connected to my body, but then I think it really caught up to me. Yeah, I remember you were talking about it in one of the podcasts, how you re- like were trying to just center yourself, ground yourself, breathe into your body, recognize when you didn't feel present. Yeah, and then, you know, because so much of my life is is for is basically for my daughter, whatever she needs, and like picking her up and doing things. Um, and then I got, I don't know if I told you this, but I got uh, a bad vaccine shot. They you put did this- not tell me that. They put the shot too high in my arm and uh, it basically caused inflammation in my ligament and my shoulder. No. So I, so I had intense pain in my arm for uh, over two months. So I couldn't do anything really physical. And yet, so then it was causing me to overcompensate on, on the other side of my body, which created a lot of problems. Um, so then I wasn't really exercising. I was eating extra. <laughs> I was eating extra. <laughs> Uh, fourth yeah uh and so so i put on a lot of weight and yeah got got really disconnected from my body and then i went to finally went to a chiropractor this this woman is an angel um and i hadn't seen her in like 10 years but she reconnected my brain to my body in such a way that was great i don't i'm nowhere near where i need to be but my arm's better and i've started doing my whole light exercising good for you and and so my question is first of all congratulations for getting through that very tough time and now that you're like on the you know horizon of a new dawn are you ready to start shaving your balls (laughs) i mean i knew this was a segue i should have just taken it from the beginning oh i'm so glad we talked about genuine things though because this is a genuine question uh well it is the final step in terms of rejuvenating, coming out of hibernation and saying yes to the world again is, is keeping it clean down there. Honestly, I'm not – for as jokey as that could be, it's kind of true. Uh, I, uh, uh, by manicuring that area and for women shaving your legs or men if you want to shave your legs if that's your thing – uh, I don't mean to be exclusive. Uh, it is an indication to the world that you're ready for someone to see that or that you're like, 
you value that, right? And I'm I'm at this stage in my life where if I hook up with somebody, which will never happen again, but if I hook up with someone and they are upset that I haven't shaved, I don't want to ever see that person again. Like, that's not where I'm at with dating, you know? Like, it should be mm-hmm. okay that I didn't shave yesterday. But, but taking the time for oneself and, like, looking over one's body and moisturizing and shaving your balls, that is telling the world, like, hey, world, let's go post-pandemic world. <laughs> the thing is, is I'm What's married. the thing, Nick? I'm married, so the, there's no one's going to see my balls but my wife. But the, but the I, I was talking about myself. I wasn't talking about you, but well, your I'm wife will appreciate. Well, your wife me. would appreciate the the effort. No, she doesn't give a shit. Oh. <laughs> no. Well, that's I would actually I'm glad to hear that because <laughs> I'm glad. Although I, <laughs> I, rem- I remember I had broken up with and then got back together with like my boyfriend ten years ago, and and he like cut his hair because we broke up, and then like we were about to hook up. You know, and we're back together officially. And he was so proud of himself for having, like, shaved down there. Like, to the point where he's like, check it out. (laughs) Like, it was a big deal. I was like, cool, bud. Like, whatever. It was like a a revelation to him. Um, But it it was not. Anyway, this is. is... Yeah, see, it's not. But here's the thing. But here's the real point. What's the real thing, Nick? And I think it's the point that you're trying to make is. It's not what shaving my balls does for my partner. It's what shaving my balls does for me. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm, that it's, is a good point. Maybe that wasn't my point, but it is now. Um, <laughs> one thing you pointed out at the top of all of this is that I've shaved my beard. Oh. I've had a beard for years now. Major- like 95% of the time for the past, I think maybe five years. And... And I was like, you know what? I just want to go. I just want to go this summer without a beard. I just want to mm-hmm. do that. I want to go mm-hmm. back to that. Um, I tell you, it feels great. It feels great to not have the hair on my face. And it reminds me of what it feels like to not have excess hair on my balls. You know, I feel fresh. I feel alive. And, and, when, I, and when I take care of down there, people may not see it physically but they see it in my aura you know what Listen. i mean they, they see it in my eyes you know what i mean <laughs> they see um, the smoothness of your eyeballs mm-hmm. show them the smoothness oh, of your, the, of your the, balls. The, the depth of my soul gets you know gets opened up in a way wow. that people are like just like you right now the reason why you're like what is going on with you nick i've been shaving my balls wow mm-hmm. wow Thank you not, for sharing that. What? Not only have I been shaving my balls. What? But I've been shaving my balls with the chopper 3.2000. Turf chopper 3.0. That's the best part is you don't need to know the name after you buy it. You just need to buy the thing and then you could just use it and not worry about it. Yeah. Go to smoothlightballs.com forward slash, I think forward slash YDKN pod. And you too can be like the prototype male, Nick Masu. And shave your balls. <sighs> mm-hmm. 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 
So Nick, I have I have something to apologize to you and your family about. Mm-hmm. I was really mean to your your niece on air last week. You were. You said some harmful things. I I, <laughs> I was hurt, but then I realized she wasn't attacking me personally. She was. Okay. <laughs> No, it's probably true. And still, no, no. even still, I, I realize that you can't say, oh, I hate that or I hate that she's like that about a 14-year-old because that nuance is lost on them. Because what I'm really saying is she's awesome for knowing all these things, but in a, hyperbo- a hyperbole. And I even said that in the podcast, but I listened back to that section and it's just, it's unforgivable. Unforgivable. I gotta say, tell you, I don't think you're giving 14 year olds enough credit for understanding the hyperbole and the nuance of of what you said. So it's actually half the half the reason why I wanted to talk about this was a to um, not go down in history as a bullying little children, but there's something to be said for the awareness of kids at, at this age because I was trying to compare her awareness to my awareness at this age. I did not have such an acute opinion about people that were older than me and one that was not disdainful, but like really, really opinionated. Uh, Cause I remember only looking up to the people that were older and going, Oh God, they're so cool. Or wanting to like things that they did. I don't remember ever having a distinct sense of self or community or generational things it's very so it's mm. fascinating do you do you remember what your mindset was with regards to that stuff when you were her age uh yeah well i mean i i think i identify with what you're talking about um definitely come from a respect your elders type mindset uh i had three older brothers though I'm sure I, I know I intentionally annoyed them, but that was to get their attention. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, I wonder when you started saying all that, this is what the image came to my mind is that this is a, gen- this could p- possibly be a generational thing. This could possibly be a generational thing for a couple of reasons. One, there's just so much more exposure to people to the idea of generational differences. I mean, you know, when we were young, we didn't, uh, uh, we didn't have, like there was, at least for me, there was no internet, you know, there was no access to people. There was no access to people's opinions. Your world was within your sort of scope of understanding or maybe what you saw on TV. Um, And usually when you thought of older people, you looked up to them. You know, you didn't necessarily see um, the uh, the other side, or nor were you like reading or or hearing too much opinions about it, right? You know, so I think that's one element. <laughs> I think there's another element. Just is the the really there's unfortunate- a lot of elements on the table, uh, periodic table. So are you going to go through? Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, this is the, the ML on the table, the okay, great. Uh, the millennial problem. Ooh, ooh, we need a shirt. Uh-huh. Where I think, I think there's also, there's a lot of energy around being a millennial. You guys are getting it from all sides. 
you're getting it from from boomers, from Gen Xers, and now from Gen Zers. I think you're getting attacked from all angles. We're getting we're getting pegged in all holes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that was my because <laughs> I was thinking about that though that I think it it uh I think you you had said or I was maybe misremembering but that Gen Z was like attacking the boomers but it was really the millennials that were attacking the boomers pretty specifically because um, mm-hmm. because the millennials were starting to wake up to the fact that some shit had gotten fucked up for uh, that we inherited mm-hmm. and granted boomers were just the inheritance of some bad governmental decisions that benefited white people and didn't benefit other people so then it got this whole sense of entitlement that then trickles down to their kids um but because in a weird way boomers had this enti- sense of entitlement too but it was masked mm. and so i think millennials started coming for boomers or also boomers started attacking millennials or something right and again obviously this does not affect me in my it, it affects me financially and shit like that but not like i'm not like staying up late and going how can i make the boomers pay for what they did or on twitter or anything but and then but then i wonder if millennials sparked the problem between gen z and and us i wonder if millennials went you guys are weird but but definitely gen z is definitely trying to pull pull ahead from the race of whatever this is to differentiate themselves um and I, and i will say what i'm experiencing is uh because of this podcast and talking about it, I don't know that I had realized how irrelevant I had become. And I don't, I I don't know that I was mentally prepared for that being a potential. Mm. You mean I just... always thought that I would be the coolest and that like people would look up to like what I, I think like the, I'm seeing a, uh, because of this generation and this is part of anxiety too, right? It's going, well, if they start becoming, in, come into the workforce, they just want new, young, sexy, and they're like going to be the new, young, sexy, and I'm not that anymore, even in my opinion. So can I, can I even work if they're not, like, you know, the t- I can't, I can't act as the love interest of a Timothy Chalamet. He's too young, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um or is my vision too old to produce or direct something? It's not you, there were all there's enough people on the planet where I will be able to work in some capacity or another, right? Even if it's for how to work out in your old age as a 40-year-old or something, you know. Like there's mm-hmm. different ways you can create content. Um, but it's it's making me think about a few things I I hadn't before. And I'm sad that kids don't think I'm cool. But you don't know that. You don't know that. I don't know that. Um, but I do know that I made a conscious choice a little while ago to like not stay up with the new music. And I just, I kind of have stuck to the pocket of what I like for the mm-hmm. most part, which mm-hmm. is good. It's good to know yourself, right? Like, what do you like? And But so much of that is 
a result of how we grew up, what we were surrounded by. Um, the I think maybe half of this mindset that I'm struggling with too is millennials. Maybe maybe answer. Uh, let me know if this is something you guys experienced too. It was not cool to like the things that were cool. You couldn't talk about liking NSYNC if you liked NSYNC without being made fun of for liking NSYNC. Oh, well, but was, was NSYNC cool? So NSYNC was popular. Yeah, it was pop. It's not cool to like things that are popular is what you mean. Yeah, that was like, or, or like, or there was the phenomenon of, oh, I knew that band way before you did. Mm-hmm. A- and I, and I wonder if Gen Z is a little bit different in that. Cause like the millennials I'm around now don't act that way. It's, oh, hey, have you heard this thing? Cool, check it out. Or ex- more than anything, excited to share something with somebody. Uh, it's kind of like the hipster attitude that I'm talking about. And and maybe this is also my experience because I, I thought I always wanted to be a hipster and I pretended that I didn't want to be a hipster. And now I'm a hipster and I don't want to be a hipster. Like this, that's been my evolution of personality. Um, but a, that personality was, I know this about this thing. Oh, and now that you know it, I don't like it anymore. Or I, I know this bar. Oh, I can't believe you're here. I hate it. Or and there's like this just disdain for anyone that wasn't in your social group, for anyone that didn't listen. To, uh, it was just this weird classist, elitist thing that we had to navigate socially. I think so. I think on on some small level that has always been going on. Um, or not always, but at least in my generation as well. Uh, you know, primarily when people are younger and like the the need to be cool was important. So it definitely was a thing that was around when I was maybe in high school and whatnot. But I also think that there was a movement regardless of what age you were, that that was present, the sort of like too cool for school movement. So for you, it was when you were in high school. For me, it was in my 20s. Oh. So, you know, and I remember I, and I, I remember seeing it, like it didn't affect me because I didn't really give a shit about any of that. And You were just um, too high. You were too high at raves having a great time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I'll let you make fun of me for liking Dave Matthews band. It's fine. I don't I'm sorry. It. Yeah. Do you not know what that Dave Matthews is like top five for me? I've seen top him five? in concert oh. more than anybody else. God, you're so uncool. You're really uncool. <laughs> Shut you know. If you if you didn't know, that I do know that. Now you I, know. I I was in love with the senior in my high school, and I was a freshman. And thank God he didn't take advantage of this because it could have been bad. But his name his name was Ali, and he loved Dave Matthews and I went, whatever this guy likes, I like. And, and, uh, and thus the Dave Matthews, I ended up sparking it for like half of my, my brother and his friend group, like all love Dave Matthews because I loved that. We would like sit and watch listener support. Oh God. I didn't, I tell you that I recorded Dave on Bill Maher with Ann Coulter. I told you that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I loved him, but I did know that, well, I think at my high school, he wasn't too uncool or like I was in the contingency that didn't think it wasn't until after high school that people started being like, you fucking like that guy, whatever. Like he wears pajamas. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Look, yeah. I, you know, so I, 
I never succumb to that. I'm willing to take the heat. You do like, so you like Dave Matthews. Sure. Do I listen to him anymore? No, but I, I was a big fan and I had a lot of, you know, a lot of his albums. And I, and when I, you were you know, in the perfect pocket though, to be one of his fans, right? Oh, like, I mean, I saw Dave Matthews live when he was opening up for other bands, you know? Right. Well, cause he was, he did the college circuit for a long time. So I'm curious if you were in. This was, the... this was when I was in high school. Wow. Um, I, I remember seeing, I remember driving up to Santa Fe to see him open up for Big Head Todd and the Monsters. Yeah, you probably don't even know who Big Head Todd and the Monsters I've is. never even heard that name. No, they're fantastic. They weren't like hugely popular. Uh, they had one big song called Bittersweet. Big Head Todd and the Monsters. What a Bittersweet, name. Bittersweet, more sweet than bitter, no. bitter than sweet. <laughs> well, that's kind of familiar. <laughs> Uh, it is somewhat familiar. If you heard it, you might have remembered it. I mean, granted, this is mid '90s, so or early '90s, um, so I don't know. Who knows if you heard it or not? But yeah, so Dave Matthews Band is opening up for them, like just, wow. just to kind of, you know, it, it was like a year later before they were headlining all their own stuff. Um, but yeah, no, no, I love them. I thought they were fan. I thought they were great. You know, I, and you were saying it like people making fun of you for like. Well, you went to college, you know. Yeah, but the, you know, look, there's some friends out there who I who I know aren't listening to this and probably never will listen to this. So maybe I can call them out by name. But they're just totally the kind of people who like. You know. You know they liked Weezer. And they're like you're so uncool for liking. You know, Dave Matthews band. Like, oh, so you're so cool for liking Weezer. I don't know. Great. Weezer's great. It's fantastic. But it doesn't make you cooler than me, you know. Um, and they're I, still still harping on that. Well, they'll still shit on Dave Matthews band. But this this actual friend that I'm thinking of now shits on Weezer because he feels like Weezer turned shit. So, oh, my God. You know, but uh, but there you was, can't like, keep up. No, I can't keep up. I don't even try. I'm I'm uncool. I'm fine with it. I don't need it. Uh, I like what I like. Uh, but no, there was, yeah, when in my 20s, in college, and then in the, in the 20s, I think I remember when, like, like the, the Electro Clash movement, I'm sure you know this, when it was, like, the music Never was, heard of that. was very much like, like a resurgence of the 80s, but sort of, like, really good. I, I'm horrible at remembering band names and such, whatnot. Um, Except for Big Head Todd and the Monsters. Oh, well, that's my heart and soul. Like, you want to get back to my, I mean... You know, your heart and soul. That era of music. Okay. I don't know how to describe this. Look, there's people from Texas, from my in my neck of the woods that I grew up with. We know what music we like. It's it speaks to who we are. I got it. It's yeah. it's of a point and place in time. <laughs> I got it. I'm not judging you. you. The, now I'll take you down the big head town of the monsters rabbit hole someday. I look um, forward to it. It won't take that long. <laughs> <laughs> That's the uh, best kind of burden someone could give you with music. So. Um, but uh, uh, what was this? Oh, so yeah, it's like, this was like the rise of the hipster. I mean, like true hipsters were very sort of counterculture. And then it became a little bit more mainstream. So they had people who were like, who were like hipsters, but Hipster was never really about being mainstream in any way. Um, but they kind of became that sort of like hipster, like I don't like things that are cool, exactly what mm -hmm. you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing. I like things that nobody knows about. And once people do know about them, they lose their cool. 
So that, mm-hmm. that was totally going on in my 20s. So I think there was like a period of time, you just happened to be younger during that time, where that was really a thing. Um, yeah, I just, I just rode the wave of it. Yeah, because maybe at, at that point, had you already seen how trends come and go with regards to things like that? I mean, had like, I already seen that didn't, like, I know, didn't I just know it's because I never paid attention to trends at all. I see. That's why. So I don't watch how trends come and go. I just, if well, something comes I, I to me and I, I mean, like it, then I like it. Right. You weren't, it didn't come to you at an impressionable age enough to dictate your personality. Yes, no. The idea of being cool. The idea of not liking something because it's cool. That Yeah, that never, that never, I, I don't think I ever really crossed that in my, personally for me until, I mean, until, yeah, in my 20s. Right. Though I do think it was, I do think people had that in, when I was in high school. Well, we all have this primal sense of wanting to be accepted. And we have um, another primal drive for seeking the elusive or uh, seeking something that not, like if it's unavailable, we probably want it more. And that's like at base operation lizard brain. But especially when you're 14 or 12 or 17, your lizard brain's like really activated and you're like, well, Charlie doesn't like me anymore because I like this band or whatever. And you're you're trying to negotiate and obviously I'm overgeneralizing, but you're trying to negotiate this. When someone says, I don't like this anymore, now for some reason they've made themselves really cool because what he's cool. So if he doesn't like that, we better not like that, you know? Yeah. And in a weird way, my father would say this a lot with regards to the internet, and he's more, he's definitely more Gen X. Um, I think his generation is starting to get lopped into boomers, and I think that's wrong because early, late 50s, early, late 50s, early 60s are not boomers, and people are starting to say that they are boomers. Boomers are kind of, kind of. It's close. It's close. Probably that weird cusp that, 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 you know, that I feel. Fair. Yeah. So they're they're early 60s, my parents. And my dad would say, with regards to the internet, that the nerds won. And then you look, you know, I start like kind of dissecting what he talks about. Like, think about Revenge of the Nerds or all the movies from the 80s and late 70s. It really is like the jock picking on the nerd. And some of the times you have like the nerd winning or whatever. But now we are in a society where nerds are flourishing yeah. because I mean, it doesn't mean they don't get picked on, but um, it's not a negative thing. He talked about it as a negative thing because he still values bravado and brute force and, you know? Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's totally true. Cause look, there is a time when, you know, if you said, you know, if you want, if you're in conflict with somebody, you know, strength wins. And now that's, that's no longer the case. Now you can like, you know, somebody can, I don't know how to describe this, but, um, but yeah, it's not, that's not what is, that's not what wins anymore. What wins now is kind of basically outwitting somebody. Mm. Right. 
and nerds can can do that in their own way um and nerd and when nerdy things became cool then nerds became cool and it just kind of shifted this paradigm and so now you have all these sort of like you know really you know sort of physical strength-minded people who like feel like they've lost their power because they can't use what their strength is which is their physicality um, yes yes and that, that and that was valued at their age mm-hmm. or how they came into it and so if now all of a sudden that's not relevant it's funny it, it's this whole conversation really is about relevancy and i don't even have a perfect definition as to what that's supposed to be uh, so you were saying about how the wit wins, but then you have someone like Donald Trump be as successful as he is because he represents the brutality and the bullying of ages gone past, right? Of the, of the people from that era and then because people really miss that because they're no longer relevant they they finally felt represented in the media by a bully and responded yeah. really positively to that because they needed the pecking order so so it's for as like my point in that is for as much as we're pushing this drive towards listen the social media stuff is we, we're comparing ourselves to too many people. It's too much, right? It's like our our social brains can't handle it. But And we are trying to like find out the best way we can all coexist. But the fact remains that there are still people in power that doesn't really matter how we interact with each other. Really. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's all futile. Nothing matters. And life's life's a dream. <laughs> as you as you disassociate and completely. stare off into space. Completely, <laughs> that's exactly what I've done. It's overwhelming. It's sometimes because uh, I yeah, it's like just a, it, the stream of things that have no connection that then up then end up creating the entire reality as we know it. Um, I, I, apparently you, you said that something, some crazy things happened with crypto this week. Oh, are we segueing into crypto corner? What was this? Crypto corner. It's going to buy your Bitcoin. (laughs) You were doing a rap. Do you remember? Did I do it? Was it a rap? Yeah, it was a rap. Oh man. We gotta, we gotta pull that tape and make it a. Oh, make it a drop, as they say. You're wrong. I'm wrong. So you have the opportunity to go back and do this again because we'll keep it just for posterity. But we're not ready for Crypto Corner, actually. So don't if you're if you don't want to hear about cryptocurrency, don't turn off the podcast yet. We have to settle something first before we go to Crypto Corner. This is more important than the crypto crash. Anything than anything Mm -hmm. else ever Uh, what do you think the argument was something happened last episode and you know as you know things were a little bit rocky for nick and i last week it was the seventh episode nick started getting hot around the collar 
getting cold feet, going, oh, my God, do I really want to commit to this podcast? Oh, my, oh, my God. So maybe this might be, like, the last gasps of him trying to have, you know, some personal freedom or trying to get out of doing this podcast. I can't really put it together, but Nick apparently thinks something happened that didn't happen on our podcast last week. Please explain. Well, on our podcast last week? This is about last week? We are playing... This is the, the, oh, this is the of, tape from last week. We're playing the tape from last week because oh, I thought we were playing the tape the first time we had the conversation. So then, so so recount. Let's let's just. I just want to hear where you're at with this. What do you think we're doing right now? <laughs> okay, so we should probably also fill in people listening. So that's this right. Is that's all, why I'm asking you what the fuck this you goes, think, Nick. This is this is all about our ongoing chewy feud, whereas. Jess would say our Chuji feud. Um, and this has gone, it's taken to Twitter, which it's blown up. It's gone viral. People are. <laughs> I mean, Emily got, Emily commenting. went. Yeah, Emily got over 50 votes on this. It, I mean, like, she's going, it's, going, it's popping off. <laughs> it's out there. Uh, Jess first put out a poll basically on the pronunciation of Chuji. All right. If we Not always call telling it, people what it should be, just asking about two different pronunciations. So yeah, the, the series your, your of events was about yeah. So go ahead, go ahead. You go. The series of events was both of us happened to know about this new word, and Paul goes, uh, "No, not Paul." <laughs> Nick goes, uh, "Have you heard about Chugi?" And I'm like, "Oh, you mean Chugi?" Because I had read it. And so I've corrected you with a lot of bravado. And then we come back to the table and Nick's like, I was right. I was right. I was right. You were wrong. This is That's me playing the tape. <laughs> you were so mean to me, Jessica. My feelings were hurt. It's chuggy. Remember how you were pretending you were so right. And then I, after this argument where I even said, Nick, you're right. Maybe I just misunderstood. Maybe I read the wrong thing. Oh, maybe you sound like such a saint okay yeah, yeah <laughs> uh i took to twitter uh, via our our personal not via you don't know nick twitter asking oh wait that was how, you i thought that was our intern no jessica i asked her to do this our, in, oh, our oh, intern God. jessica yes, i asked her to do this for us I, I, I asked them to do this for us uh can you please post a poll with two different pronunciations of Chugi phonetically. And the two different pronunciations that I thought Jessica nailed was to insinu- was to be Chugi. C-H-E-W dash G-E-E. Or Chugi, which is, we have come to learn the correct pronunciation. Or at least the more widely accepted. And that would be. C H U dash G H E E. Now, for God knows what reason, Nick is like, that's not how you pronounce G, which is G E E. You're that's the argument. No, no, that is not the argument. You said you said that I people because everyone voted for the Chu G. C H E W dash. And then you said. G- you said that I spelled it phonetically incorrectly. 
That's the argument right now. Wait, that's wait. what we're settling. <laughs> no, I. That's not what I said. I. I said that they voted for the wrong thing. So that you because, said oh, look, because because I spelled it phonetically incorrectly. No, I never said you spelled it incorrectly. Yes, you did. That's what. That's the tape we're going to check right now. No, 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 no. What I said was that's not what I said. Of course, you it you, is. you you said, "Oh, look, I won the poll." Everybody, I did. everybody, and I said, "Well, it doesn't matter if you won the poll if everybody thinks it's wrong the same way you think it's wrong, because that's never not what it's said, about." You never it, said that. You said exactly I spelled I said. it. Okay, well, well, this is why wrong we have the tape phonetically, which is why Emily Witt on fucking Twitter ends up asking the world how one would phonetically pronounce the word spelled G-E-E. Uh-huh. That's why she did that post. That's not what I was referring to. I, I'm, I'm, well, I'm excited to check we're gonna the tape. We're going to play the tape. Maybe we're I said play the something tape. I didn't think I said. Here we go. This is why we're doing this, Nick. I Let's can't. Let's clarify. I just want to clarify. Before you play this Great. tape, what I thought mm -hmm. I was saying mm -hmm. at that time mm -hmm. was... Mm -hmm. Because you were gloating about winning the poll. And I was like, great, you won the poll. People voted that on the it voted on the on the bad pronunciation. Gloating? Yeah, you oh, oh. oh we'll find out. You gloated. <laughs> well, I don't know if you gloated on the tape or not. You definitely gloated on Twitter. And uh, we'll have to pull up the Twitter feed. Anyway, let's find it. Okay, we'll hear the tape. I, I look forward to your impression of me gloating. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay. This this is great. She sends me. So she sends me, you know, just a screen grab of the definition of the word chuggy. Oh God. Which by oh, the way no, is this, the this proper is, pronunciation. I got uh, it. We, we, you got it? You feel Listen, you, you know, yeah, I know I know you did a poll. Admitting. And a few people validated your wrong. Actually, my pronunciation of chuji was win it did win in that poll just to be fair it did but then there was it, confusion as to what i meant because when i guess people don't know when you say g-e-e -E, that actually sounds like g to g so anyway yeah, but to you it sounds that way but to anyone else who's no. actually online and and did the sort of uh, when phonetics I say, of the word they this do is, it that this way. is you so. being when wrong someone spells the word G-E-E. -E. What does that say? What is that word? But you're saying what's <laughs> what the is word? word? Just answer it. But Just you're not, what, what's, what's the phonetic? Hold on. What's G-E-E? -E? How do you pronounce This is, this is me agreeing -E. with you that G-E-E -E does sound like Well, e. the word O-G. No, O-G. Yes. Golly, so, golly, G. Yes. G. That that should be, that should have been clear. Now. Well, you should take it up with, with, with the moving linguists who. Moving on. When I. <laughs> when I read the article, it said Chuji. I'm willing to be wrong. I also have come to the point where I prefer Chugi, and I've been seeing Chug, by the way. And I think what happened, it could be that a dumb millennial misunderstood it and didn't know how it was said, and I read that wrong article. And it could also be a GIF versus a GIF. I think I think I end up on the right side of history on that one, but now what I'm going to do is go wait, wait, to what? Go to I'm going to the poll, the first poll. Look, look, here's the thing. I'm not oh, disagreeing God. with you that when you see G E E spelled out, it's like G. I'm not But you said I misleaded 
misleaded people, misled. Yeah, well, because you didn't go far enough. You just read an article and thought you knew how to pronounce it. I That's was just asking I people. So then you went and asked people how they how they think it would it should sound based on this spelling. And of course, when if we go back to the tape, way back at the beginning, and I said I think it's pronounced chugi, and you're like, no, it's chugi, and you and I said, okay, well, let me look it up. And I looked it up, and I saw that phonetic spelling. I was like, oh, I guess maybe you're right. So I don't disagree that G-E-E -E is pronounced G. Uh, what I was saying was this poll that you created is flawed. It's a how? flawed poll. How? Because you're asking people how things, how, how it should be pronounced, and you're using improper phonetics for it. Well, how was it improper phonetics? Those fucking words are pronounced the way... I put it. Well, the thing is, because the that Jessica that, put it because the phonetics themselves are flawed. So somebody reading that, they they don't know what they're voting for. That's my that's my point is they don't How? understand what they're voting the, for. The original tweet on June first, two thousand. Yeah, read the tweet. Read the twenty one, af years after the death of Christ. Settle a bet for us. How is quote C H E U G Y pronounced pronounced yeah how is it pronounced pronounced and then you give these and then you give a flawed phonetics what spell. how else would you have what how, what phonetics would you have used nick so so you give the phonetics that are answer give, the question you give let, let's just watch so you give the phonetics for the bad phonetics that, that say chew g and then you create phonetics for what it would sound what, what it might be like if it was chew g right so people then voted on your chuji, right? That doesn't mean that they not know overwhelmingly, the by the way, just by like five percent. And you know, had I voted, it would have been even 50-50, but I never voted because wow, I didn't see it in time. Motherfucker. Um, I'm just letting you know. But my point was just because all of these people, that 52% were wrong the way you were and voted for the bad phonetics doesn't make you right. I don't understand. I'm not saying it did. Here's the problem. You have two arguments and they're incongruent. Either I phonetically put it there incorrectly or people are wrong. It can't be both. Well, but the I question mean, it can't says, be both. How is your question is how is Chuji pronounced? Correct. And you give two examples and they Chew. voted and they voted so you the, think I the misled the populace? How? Why would they have done that? Now, now here. So this is what gets us to the second point, which is probably which is where all this Emily stuff comes in. Because <laughs> then I made the then I made the point that like this is a flawed poll because we already know that these spellings are misleading. That How? whoever whoever wrote that article, whoever wrote that article, spelled it with a G E E. And we know that that was improper phonetics. But we don't know whether that person who wrote the GEE -E meant Chugi or Chuji. But what we do know is every video you listen to, every time the word is used, it's Chugi. And I gotta imagine if it's a journalist, I would hope at the very least they would have listened and know what the actual pronunciation is. I mean, I would have hoped they would have gone the next step and done proper phonetics, but they didn't. They wrote 
Chew G-E-E, thinking it was Chugi. They that journalist wrote G-E-E, thinking it was Gi. So they were mis they misunderstood. So therefore, in the public mind, the difference between G-E-E and G-H-E-E is confusing, apparently. And that's why the poll is flawed. Does that make sense? No. Are you getting, are you getting it now? No. I, I couldn't have said it any more clearly. I'm mansplaining the shit out of this. Here's, here's I found the article by Tamara or Tamara Abraham. I'm, I fa geez. I'm a fashion editor. I'm chuggy and I don't care. And this is from the UK. So let's just take that with a oh, grain of salt. Well, maybe that's maybe. a grain of salt. No, no, but maybe now we've found the problem. How do people in you in the UK pronounce G E E? I, I don't know. She, she writes, "I have a confession to make. I am (parentheses whisper it) a tiny bit chuggy. If you don't know what that means, let me enlighten you. Chuggy (parentheses pronounced C H E W dash G E E with a hard G. She clarifies that is an adjective most frequently used on TikTok." Oh, well, that clarification of with a hard G, that's an important note. That's that's what I read. That's the article I used to talk to you about this. Wait, a hard wait, a hard G, does that does a hard G a go? This is see, a, this this is where this is why guh. this is your this is your problem. It should be a go. I didn't read that part where it says oh, with a hard G. That's right. a that's a qualifier that you would need in order to make G E E sound like G as opposed oh. to G. Oh. So, wait. Here's the problem. I, don't, I think we're talking around in circles. A hard G, I think, is a G, not a J. So, so she knew that she, she put something that was misleading when she put G-E-E, -E, and she qualified it by saying a hard G, G. And neither ever, of us read that. My, he, neither of us read the hard G part. I did. This is the article I read. Well, then you misinterpreted what a hard what hard G means. How do you? What does a hard G sound in in chuji? Well, ja. I think I think a Chuji. hard G is a g. A G is a g. A Chuji. j is a j sound. Right. I think a, I, I don't know for hundred percent certain, and this is I'm telling you now, but I think a hard G is a g. Gif jif j. G gif j gif yeah. jif, fuck maybe. Here's let it settle all right. in. No, no, I'm letting it settle in. I'm having maybe I'm a little bit more wrong. The thing is, is I'm still having a problem, and so I'm I just can't. I'm 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 my my paradigm is shifting right now. Literally, my paradigm is shifting. When I see the word G-E-E, -E, mm -hmm. that sounds like G to me. I, I agree 100%. And I, I agree with you 100%. And you're right that she clarifies. She goes on to clarify hard G. I neither, now don't neither of us know. Read that. And I, or if we, I did. Or, I did. Or if we did, but you But I still it. then misinterpreted it. But the problem is, what is hard G and what is soft G? Then that's the, that's the real crux of this conversation. Yeah, I guess we'll have to look it up, but I, I'm going to imagine if it's a difference between a guh and a juh, 
that a hard G would be a G because that's a G sound. G as opposed to is a J. Yeah, as opposed to the J is a J sound. So because GIF is a hard G. Mm-hmm. And GIF is a J sound. It's so, it's such a difficult, <laughs> literal world, literal word pronunciation of the, the letter G is G. <laughs> so it's hard, it's hard to imagine something harder than that. <laughs> I get that. I get that. That's the tricky thing about, about phonetics. And then in particular, the tricky thing about American or just English in general. Um, Right, because other languages, our conjugation is fucked. Everything a lot we of do times is... the letter actually sounds like the sound it makes. W, all these things, it's fucking weird, right? It's like, mm-hmm. but, uh. but but if you listen to guh and j, guh is voiced. There's vibration to it. J is not gi, chugi, chuji, and that would be chuji. You're right. So then. Oh, this is going to take a lot. I'm swallowing a lot of vitriol. I'm swallowing a lot of pride right now. I got to go take a nap after this. I misinterpreted the pronunciation she offered in this article. And then by not clarifying in the poll that the G was a hard G in <laughs> In Chugi, or that G, I thought that it was just understood that G would be G phonetically. G E E would be, hey, oh, G. Perhaps I was misleading inadvertently people to pronounce the word that I thought was correct. Yeah, it's confusing. I, yeah. Here's the thing you were right the whole time, and I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and Emily, if you're listening, she put is it on listening. The put She's it on listening the right now. We have Emily, our guest. Uh, actually, we do need to to bring Emily on this podcast. Um, she is prime Gen Z. Prime oh, Gen God, Z. We have to. Yeah, we should talk to her. I, there's and, so many questions. Yeah, um, I would look forward to doing that. Uh, it's been it's been my intention to do that with her. Um, I just wanted to make sure you weren't going to abandon me, miss like halfway through this. You know, my abandonment issues. Yeah, got it. Um, well, Nick, I'm sorry. I accept your apology. <laughs> no, I give it. I give it to you willingly to do with. You can frame that, put that up in your <laughs> up in your mental wall. I don't need any Look. apologies. All I need is a chart of wins and losses, and we can just put a notch. I in think that's a win. Column. That's a win on your belt. That's a win on your chart. We need. We need a. We need a, a shirt with the millennial periodic table. <laughs> and we need a shirt with Jessica zero, Nick one. Fuck. I am a classically trained actor. I I know phonetics. What? Um, you know. Ew. Ew. I now know. You just I lost. <laughs> you're not allowed to talk about being an actor if you're an actor. I well, the point is, I've taken years of voice. Classically genetics. trained? Are you really classically trained? I mean, come on, USC is not classical, but it was—it's faux classically trained. What does classically trained mean, mean anyway? I think basically what I mean is uh, the general. What they mean by that is like you've done—you've done, you've done uh, movement and 
and voice along with your acting you've you've taken shakespeare you've learned you know you've taken his you know theater history and you understand you know the history of of plays and playwriting and all that stuff mm-hmm. but by by means am i like the the more stringent strict classical no but yeah anyways no i got it you got you got so many one ups on me you're such a good actor and so you're amazing oh, so not God. only am i chuggy I'm irre- I'm irrelevant <laughs> as an actor. I got it. Uh, yesterday, I was at I did a, a a show over at our mutual friend Amanda Troop's husband's channel. <laughs> so it's a lot of layers, but I do a show every now and then with them. And there was a question asking if your life was an RPG, what would your class be? What would your um, level be? And what would your special skill be? So like if you're thinking like art, like D&D or something. And so I said mine would be an artist. My special skill would be uh, cast light so that wherever I was, there would be a spotlight on me. So that like, because <laughs> I could make everyone pay attention to me. And we used 60 as the cap as like the top level that you can get. Because in World of Warcraft, that's the top level you can achieve. And I said that I was a level 50, which is really high as a performer. So like, I really said, I'm that great. I'm level 50. There's still a little bit of room to grow. but re- but I But I also qualified it saying... That um, some people still don't get it. That's how good I am. So, like, I'm so good, people can't comprehend it. Uh, you're, so Nick, you're ahead of your time. You're ahead of your time. No, I'm in my time. Just no one cares. <laughs> Do you want to know, know another little, little loop here? Just a little loop. So, Amanda's sure. husband, where he used to work, my friend who I referred to earlier, who you made made fun of me for liking Dave Matthews Band, Asshole. used to work with. Amanda's husband a long oh, time ago. So, so people can uh, follow that thread and find that guy and talk shit to him on the, on that internet somehow. That should be easy to find. <laughs> if everybody could tweet at him and say, how dare you say that to him about the Dave Matthews band? Honestly, we have a fervent following that will do anything we tell them to. <laughs> well, if somebody could figure out who that person is, that would be I great. bet you they could. Okay. I, I know Pandar good. Yeah? Yeah, Pandar, who is... Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, a moderator slash friend. He's going to cringe when he hears me say friend. But uh, he's a moderator for my Twitch channel and just all around smart guy. Knows all the things. I bet you if he, if he cared, he could find it. Wow. And some people know, people know a lot of history with the Easy Allies guys because that's basically how they started their stuff. No, he didn't work with them at Easy Allies, though. No, I know. Okay. So the company that they all worked for before was integral to them becoming easy allies. So a lot of people know a lot about that because the community around them rallied for them. And it's a really cool story, but basically they, all those people lost their job in one fell swoop and everyone went, fuck that. And made help made easy allies happen. Essentially. This would blow my mind if somebody could figure this out. A hundred percent. They could. Um, Nicholas. Uh huh. Masu. Let's talk crypto corner. Crypto, crypto corner. corner. There it is. Yeah, that's what it was. Crypto corner. Crypto corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's what it was, but now it's crypto corner. Gonna lose all my money. No. Um, well, uh, the reason I want to bring up crypto corner because, boy, there has been a roller coaster ride since I guess the last time we we talked about 
crypto was with with coach jv but yeah. the last time we had crypto corner since then it's been a geez it's been a roller coaster ride but even since coach jv it's even been a roller coaster ride since then too and in the past couple of days i mean there was almost a just a, a bottoming out here type crash uh, but yesterday yesterday it bounced it hit a resistance level, as they say in technical analysis. Uh, what does that bounce, mean? What is, resistance what is level means level? like, meaning like, so when the price is dropping, um, there are certain points uh, along sort of like a graph of how much, let's say the, how much Bitcoin would be worth, where there's enough people who are either going to hold at that price, like hold their, hold, hold and not sell, or people who are going to buy in at that price if it drops to that price, where the price isn't going to drop below that. So it's because ah, it's going to maintain it. I see. Yeah, they call those resistance levels. Now it doesn't mean it's not going to break through that resistance level. Um, it does all the time, and when it does, it's not good because it usually means once it breaks through one resistance level, it's going to drop dramatically to another one. Um, but so apparently there was a you know some resistance around 29K and it bounced up. And now it's at, I think it's like 33, 34K. Mind you, a month ago, I think it's been a month, maybe a little bit longer than a month, it was at 63K. Amazing. So it's like 50% of what it used to be. And now it's where it's at, where it was at back in January. And it's just this crazy roller coaster. And now <laughs> before January, in in like December or end of November, it tripled to to get to January. Like it tripled in value. It went from like twelve thousand to you know mid. I remember thinking like, how is Bitcoin ten thousand right now or something? And then hearing another number and just being like, it's almost it was in, I was incredulous about it. So it's gone on this sort of. Did I just call, use that word right? Incredulous. Yeah. I, okay. yeah. I guess so yeah, it's incredulous. Depending on your attitude towards it, is incredulous. Um, but it's it's just, I mean, I'm new to this world, and I'm just, you know, uh, just trying to experience it and understand it. But I definitely bought a little. So I bought some things at the top of the peak, you know, a little over a month ago. But uh, uh, and it's just amazing how far it's dropped. And like, if you are when you're in this. When you're in this market, you have to be prepared for that. Like you just have to be right. ready that that's going to happen. But it is super scary. You're sitting there going, "Oh shit! Well, how low can this go?" I mean, we've seen it go really low. It has this whole thing been just a what they call a bubble? You know, like an oversold bubble, over you know too much enthusiasm, and is it going to drop back to levels it was at back in November? Is it going to drop back down to the twenty thousand to the ten thousand dollar level? Right. Like is this is this whole thing that happened over the past couple months just a blip on a screen? Right. Um, so it's pretty fascinating, and it could, you know, at this point where it's at, it could drop back down again, and this could just be a little bit of a, a bounce fake out that happens, and it could break below this twenty nine k level. Um, but it is a fascinating time. Like if you believe in the technology, and it takes a lot of faith, um, also a lot of research. You should do a lot of research. And uh, yeah, sure. and again, 
You said this too before, but it bears repeating. We're not offering any financial advice. We're just merely talking about something that's in the news right now. Yeah, this is just for entertainment purposes, and Correct. and I know, and it and it's just an interesting. It's a thing that I. It feels like it's going to be a part of our lives, whether you choose to invest in it or not is another story. But understanding that this technology is potentially going to affect us on a day to day basis, I think, is important for people to know. Well, just just to soft pause you, you're saying potentially, and uh, three weeks ago you're like, this is going to change our lives. So is it is it the fact that this? I believe it's going to. I know, but when you're saying potentially, is it is it is that a symptom of the fact that the the market just dropped and you're feeling a little more? Yeah, you know, uh, there, there's a there's a phrase in in investing called FUD. F-D. Yeah, yeah, fear, uh, Un- da, da, uncertainty, uh, da. and doubt. Uh-huh. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And it's crazy, you know, how, what it does uh, does to your emotions. Now, I'm definitely looking at things a lot from investment side. Like, I'm that's where a lot of my focus is now. It's like, hey, is there a way that I could make money off of this thing? Um, but then there's the other side, which is, is this technology going to become day-to-day technology? And I, I do believe that. But yes, seeing things crash like this, and then you, all these negative articles come out, and you're like, it's not, you know, blockchain, blah, blah, blah. It's not very good. You know, it's not really a proven technology, yada, yada. And I'm like, I just don't, I've researched a lot, but I've not, I mean, I've barely scratched the surface. I am no expert. And so, no, I, I will never say I'm 100% certain on anything unless I really know it. So I'm always going to qualify things be like, hey, it's possible that this doesn't happen. But it was also, was it ever possible that the internet didn't take off? I guess there was always a possibility it didn't, but it was, a, you know, but it did. So our guest two weeks ago was Coach JV, who really his main platform with regards to cryptocurrency is watch what they're doing, not what they're saying. So all this negative um, posting or articles or the the dip um, usually is resultant because someone says something like Elon says no more Bitcoin is being accepted by Tesla and then the stock goes down and then I don't know if this is true but like Elon's investment company buys Bitcoin because the price has dropped so uh, yesterday or the day before uh, Bitcoin dropped pretty significantly because a company in China said that we're like we're like you know they're like litigating against it or like this is not going to happen but that Am I right? Am I right about that? Well, you're not a company. China. Well, China said that. So, um, but a main investor in China is one, the, one of the top five investors is BlackRock. And this is what JV said. And BlackRock bought a grip of Bitcoin that day. Mm-hmm. So if you look, that's why he did say we're doing research seven days, seven hours a day, or like he's in front of the computer looking at this stuff because if they're buying into Bitcoin, it could be a short sell or like, you know, make money, cash grab, smash and grab thing. But or or are they just putting the the numbers down in order to even XRP last week dipped to like 24 cents and it's like now at 60 something like to dip, dip all the way to dip all the way to 24 with, with just in two for two seconds. Yeah. That, yeah. It's a quick bounce. Yeah. But someone made a million dollars. You know what I mean? Someone just bought a grip of XRP 
and just made a shit ton of money doing that. So the market is incredibly volatile. Anyone that actually would give you sound advice would say, put the majority of your investments into very tried and true uh, stocks and then put 15% of your investments into medium risk stocks and then put 10% of your investment into volatile stocks. And that's just if your goal is to have like a retirement plan. Um, like I, I didn't put a lot of money into Dogecoin when everyone was talking about it and it was like, like in the, in, in the trends, but I doubled my money in Dogecoin. I got out though too. Some people held on to it. And now they're like, you can see that they're like kind of sweeping out the meme coins. It's possible Dogecoin goes on to live a longer life, but um, I've been comparing it. And I think I said this before on the podcast to like the Beanie Baby trend. If you didn't sell all the bears when you bought them, you didn't make money. It's not like you should have held on to it that entire time. You know, I, I mm -hmm. have a princess die bear in a fucking drawer right now in mint condition and it and it could probably sell for a hundred dollars and i bought it for 40 at the time which is the exact same price it would cost today you know is a hundred bucks so mm. um it it is some of this is timely and it, and, it, and at the very least i think yesterday when i heard what jv had said i went ah interesting and i bought 20 more dollars worth of bitcoin and called it a day and that, and that's all I can afford right now. I'm not I'm not spending money on anything I can't afford. Mm -hmm. Well, it's good though you put you know you do a little bit. I mean, if you you know if the technology well, that's where does... I am at financially too. It's like I can't afford to do much more than that. Yeah. like twenty dollars sometimes is the difference between a dinner or not for me. So um, I need to be mindful of that. It. I mean, it's really the you know it's the thing about like how do you invest in crypto. I think there's a couple different ways that you do it, but one way to do it is take a, a small amount of your money um, that you don't care about losing, <laughs> um, buy some and check back in five years and see what happened to it. You should never look at it again. Totally. But, <laughs> but again, but that's what, well, that's what I'm saying though is, uh, and, and before we move on, I still have not gotten the answer. What does hold a Holdo stand for hodl. Hodl. Um, it stands for hold. Um, it was there was uh, I think you can look it up. I can't remember now. It might have been like a Reddit post. I think where somebody maybe accidentally misspelled hold. Got it. And it became a thing, but it just means hold. It means hold. Uh, I don't know if you heard diamond hands. That's a new thing now. <laughs> you have, you have diamond hands meaning You're you will like not a, you will like not hit the cell. Rock. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're not going to hit the sell button. Then there's right. spinach hands that you're like, you'll sell at the, at the first drop of a hat. Oh you know? my God. Um, mind you, that concept of never selling is not what investment investing is about, or at least definitely not what trading is about. No. Um, but, but, for this... but that's a whole different level of knowledge, though, to be able to get in, get out at the right times. Oh, the, oh, the trade. Yeah. I mean, well, just... Just so you know, I looked up XRP. It did not go down to $0.24. Cents. Uh, I think it dropped down to $0.50. Cents. But still, your okay. point. Well, I'm just, well, that's a big difference. I was like, $0.24? Cents? you got to be freaking No, but it me. did. There was a little blip. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the source I, I have was incorrect. On the, on the, uh, on Last the Coinbase, week. On the Coinbase uh, 
basic show that? calendar. I'm not seeing it. Okay. Um, but, um, but still, what you're talking about is a thing. Like the swings on this, on these coins, can be like, you know, easily fifteen to twenty percent in a day, right? You don't get. Oh, I think it was percentage. I was thinking percentage. Yes, I must yeah. have been thinking percentage. And that's like another thing. Like when you're when you're trading, you're, you start. To, you have to think about percentages and not. Yeah. Dollar values. Yeah. Because so again, I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Win tick tick one win on another win. No, but twenty four percent. If that's what it was, and it probably was. That is a big deal. That's yeah. huge. Imagine yeah. if you if you had if you had a hundred dollars invested. That's you made twenty four dollars. Right. Right. If you that's that's a that's a good chunk. You had a thousand dollars invested. You made two hundred forty dollars. Now you right. you would have needed to pull the money out to keep it because it could just right. go back down again. Right. Um, and then that's the tricky part. When do you pull it out? When do you not? But that's the whole thing about Exactly. Trading. And then you have a baby and you didn't want one. It's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> You're going deep into the hole. Um, <laughs> but uh, what were we saying? Oh, but the, but the, the HODL thing definitely is important for crypto because crypto is so volatile if you actually like pull back and i'm sure coach jv talked about this too when you pull back and you look at the graph we're on an it's on an upward trend like and as long as it doesn't break that upward trend you can have these 50 percent swings and still to this day and we'll see at the end of this year if this holds true bitcoin has increased uh i, I think it's like Oh shoot! I'm going to get the number wrong. I want to say 200 for the year. No, that's not it. 200 percent. That's better. 200 percent. Yeah, it's not 200 fold. That'd be 200 x. 200 percent a year, year over year. There's nothing else out there that's going to. That's basically, you know, doubling your money twice. Right. Even though it's going swings throughout the year, by the end of the year. 200% gain in your investment. It's fantastic. So as long as it continues in that upward trend, it's a good investment. You're doing fine. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Did you, did anything else you wanted to share with us about Crypto Corner today? Oh, just the thing I guess we didn't talk about, which is about, is this technology going to be daily in our lives? I personally think yes. I do think there's a chance it, you know, there's always a chance it might not be. The question is, is which of these technologies is it going to be? But I, I think, I guess I must have said this before. I think blockchain combined with 5G speeds hmm. has the potential to, to have us take the next leap in um, how we function on a day-to-day -day basis. It's going to, you know. I well, think and I liked what JB yeah. said too, is that five of them could be successful because they all do different things and they work in conjunction together. Yeah. You just got to think about it like the internet. And I don't know, you know, people think about that, that, that often, but take a moment to think about the internet, try to project back to the late nineties, back to Gen X. Um, and, you know, I didn't grow up with the internet, although I guess when I was in high school, they, you know, rooms started coming about, you know, the World Wide web AOL was, was there. Um, but you had this sort of like make or break moment of, is this going to be a thing? In our lives, how how big is this going to be in our lives? People thought, oh, this could be really big, and it was a 
bunch of companies that like people invested a lot of money in that um, ended up failing and not going anywhere. But at the end of the day, internet did become a part of our lives to, to such an extent that most, some of the people I'm talking to now, the reason I'm talking to you is because you probably can't even think about a time when you didn't have internet. So here's the difference that I'm seeing, just the one difference in why Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, and all that is not as cut and dry. Internet was a tool that we could use. Bitcoin, NFTs, XRP, Ethereum, no one has a fucking idea how to use that stuff. And that's kind of what I was hoping for JV to talk about, but we talked about so many so many awesome things. We just didn't get a chance to talk about it. Like, what is the real world application of these technologies and you've talked about how it's going to change things and you know being able to follow through and remember what people did on the internet but it still has not the difference is it has not integrated into our daily life like an apple phone has like a computer has like the internet has uh and and right now it's not a utility that we need so uh i think that will be I think that will keep it from being mainstream if they don't figure out how to demystify it. Well, the thing is, is it kind of already is and you don't know it. This is why right now is a really important time because you're at that stage where you, yeah, you don't have the day-to-day awareness of how this affects you. Um, And yeah, it hasn't, they haven't figured out all the sort of day-to-day applications yet for it. But they this is where it is headed like this is that is i agree i I see that i do see that um and when you start to learn when you start to see what these things are doing uh like a lot of it is happening in the financial systems in in uh in banking in transactions and that does affect you day to day you just don't think about when you swipe your credit card what happens you don't think about that. Why does it take three days for you to actually hit your account? So what's going on there? I mean, you know, are, are you going to money? <laughs> are, well, there's several different things that it goes to. There's processing systems that it has to go to in order for that to happen. Well, there's technologies that are going to speed that up. You're not going to know the difference when that day comes and you swipe it and suddenly it hits your account instantly. You might go, oh, that's cool but that's affecting you on a day-to-day basis and you're not even going to be aware of it. Like there's things that are affecting you on a day-to-day basis, but you're not quite aware of it. And there's things that are currently affecting the global community on a day-to-day basis, like, you know, international wire transfers. You know, there's a reason why um, El Salvador made Bitcoin a currency, which is a huge thing. Right. So anyway, so it's, this is why this is the, the, it's starting to become more day-to-day. You're not totally aware of it. NFTs are going to become more day-to-day. And and that's and my it- only argument is that we need to have layman terms and understandings about it sooner than later. That's all. No, I, I say, well, depending for me who wants to invest and I have limited money and I want more money to invest. I'm like, no, no, please don't make it day-to-day yet. Please, let's not get everybody aware of this. I think so that we're still five, five years <laughs> away from that, you know, 100%. Mm-hmm. But I, I know what you mean. I, I do know what you mean. But that's still a different style of investment than someone might advise you 
toward, which is just steady putting money in, steady putting money in, steady putting money in. Right now we are on this volatile thing where if you were to put $10,000 into Bitcoin right now and didn't look at it for a month, you could pull out and have 100000 if you did that. Or you could pull it out and have 1000 <laughs> in a month. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. But believe me, if I had $1,000 right now, I'd probably put it on Bitcoin personally probably but then try and pull it out sooner than later uh that's not Nick, so you gotta be you gotta be careful about it that's a tricky well game. then i leave some of it in but i'm just saying like the volatility of it at the moment makes me want to make a smash and grab that's totally that, that's the seduction of it that's the tricky part that's also why there is a lot of volatility you know what you get into like leveraging which is another whole nother thing uh, but that is why, and it, and it's seductive. Um, and that's also some of the criticism of it because it brings people, brings in the gambling mind. It's like, it's not really oh, investing, oof. it's gambling. Um, it's fascinating. Yeah. And you and I, when you and I first started talking about it. Um... Yeah, love. You need a what? You need a bite? Didn't I give you the apple? Oh, you know, you want this. Come get it. It's yours. You got it. Come on. Oh, is it too hot? Okay. <laughs> oh, you can have it. Have the rest of it. Finish it, sweetie. Yeah. Probably should wrap it up, but yeah, no, I've been trying to, but you just keep on fucking talking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, uh, I, yeah, there's so many different ways you can go about it. Uh, and and really the gambler in me is is interested but also i'm i you know just like when i go to vegas if i if i'm gonna spend five hundred dollars it's gone or i walk home richer you know i there's no I, I do not go in with the mindset that i'm gonna make it rich uh nick jess is there, is there anything i don't know this week oh Boy, do we have do we have time for all the things you don't do know? Do we even need to go through it though because of all the things I admitted to that I was wrong about? Yeah, we we could say I got some stuff, but but we could save it for next time. Maybe maybe we'll do maybe maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll tease out. Should I tease? Okay, yeah, tease it out. Tease it out. Ha, do you know? Now if I tease this, is you can't then go and I, I promise, unless it comes across my timeline, that I will not go out of my way to look for this. I'm going to tease it. How many Richard Pryor movies have you watched? Oh. Uh, a few? A few? Okay, so you know Richard Pryor's. You, you've yeah. seen his films. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if this was... Maybe two... Two, two for sure. Okay. I know that he was supposed to be in Blazing Saddles. Um, I've seen his stand-up. 
I know that he set himself on fire. <laughs> when you think Richard Pryor, do you think uh, brilliant comedian? Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's also a story about how he like led people down a rabbit hole and like had a huge revelation about God or something while on stage and like it was funny and then it stopped being funny and everyone like let he like walked off stage with everyone's mouth agape. I have to look it up. But uh, something really profound. <laughs> He's oh yeah. Oh that's fantastic. Yeah. What's the oh. tease? The tease is I'm 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 trying to brew up a, a Richard Pryor segment for you. Well, honestly, I can't wait. I won't look up more than than I know. Um, and I would look I look forward to this. Okay. And also by saying this, I'm kind of holding myself accountable to get it done. Guess we have to do episode nine. <sighs> I guess so. Bye, Nick. Bye, Jess. Thanks so much for listening to You Don't Know Nick podcast. Do us a favor and give a review wherever you like podcasts or give it a subscribe. And if you want to find out more ways to support our show, go to youdon'tknownick.com. JLV Production.